Wisdom raises her voice to all mankind. Listen, for she has trustworthy things to say. Choose her instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. She has insight. She has power. She loves those who love her, and those who seek her find her. She was formed long ages ago. The Lord brought her forth at the very beginning, when the world came to be. She was there when He set the heavens in place, and when He marked out the foundations of the earth. So listen to her instruction and be wise. For those who find wisdom find life. Thank you. Great to be back in Kingsgate. Let's say a special welcome to Cambridge and Leicester. Anyone joining us from London, God bless you. Great to be together as a Kingsgate family in the Word. As I kick off this summer series and this whole season, I want to start by asking you a question. If God was to come to you and basically put this proposal, ask me anything you like and I'll give it to you. What would be top of your priority list? Just think about it. Would it be, Lord, less hassle, <laughs> success at work, get out of debt, more money, would like you to improve all my relationships? What would be top of your list? Well, God did ask this question to an Old Testament king called Solomon. And he basically came and said, Solomon, I want to give you whatever you ask for. And his answer was pretty stunning. It probably wouldn't have been top of many of our lists. He said this, Lord, I want you to give me, you know what's coming, wisdom. I ask that you would give me a wise and a discerning heart that I may govern your people. And there was something about Solomon's request that so thrilled the heart of God. He says, you're on Solomon. Not only am I going to give you wisdom, you're going to become the wisest man who's ever lived. And I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for and what many other people would have wanted. I'm going to make you the wealthiest man of your day and the, the most successful and the one who's got the greatest reputation and fame, all because you got it the right way round. You prioritized wisdom. And that's what this summer's about. We are going to spend a whole summer prioritizing something after our salvation in Christ that needs to be right at the top of our priority list, and it is wisdom. How many want an upgrade in every other area of your life? It's okay, isn't it, to want an upgrade at work or your relationships or your finances, agree? But if we get wisdom, there's something about wisdom that will help us deal wisely and be effective in every other area of our lives. So we need, if it's that important, to define what is wisdom. Well, first, let me tell you what it's not. It's not necessarily a high IQ, 
a great intellect or lots of learning and study. Does anybody know anyone who studied lots, got a high IQ and is still foolish? On the other side, can I say it's possible you may not have had a great education, you may not even consider yourself to particularly intellectual, but you can be incredibly wise. So let's just make it clear, wisdom is not about intellect, it's not about knowledge, what is it then? The simplest or the the nearest definition of wisdom, if you want one word definition, it's skill. Can we say that together? Skill. It is living skillfully in the practical areas of life, living skillfully in the practical areas of life in whatever condition you find yourself, if you've got wisdom, you'll prevail. And because wisdom comes from God, and definitely the biblical wisdom that we're going to study, which is ultimate wisdom, is something that is based on the fear or the reverent knowledge and obedience of God, I'd like to make this our definition for the series. Wisdom is living skillfully God's way. Can we say that together? Living skillfully God's way. So, if wisdom is so important, and that's what wisdom is, I've got good news for you. You can become wiser. (laughs) And in fact, there's somewhere specific that we can go to, and we're going to go to over this summer, that is going to greatly upgrade our wisdom level. And it's the book of Proverbs. Now, in one sense, you could say the whole Bible is a wisdom book. Would you agree that anything that God breathes and anything God says is going to give us wisdom? So anywhere you go in the Bible is going to give you wisdom. But there's a certain portion of the Bible, certain writings, particularly in the Old Testament, that are known as the wisdom literature. You may have heard of these books, Book of Job, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, and some of the Psalms are known as wisdom writings. Let me just ask a question. If you want to know about salvation in Jesus Christ, where are you going to particularly going to go? You're going to go to the Gospels, you're going to go to Paul's letters, right? If you want to find wisdom, practical wisdom in how to deal with daily issues in your lives, then you need to go to the wisdom literature in particular, although you'll benefit from reading all parts of the Bible, and the centerpiece of the wisdom writings is guess what book? Book of Proverbs, stuff full of amazing practical advice on how to live well. And I believe it's a neglected book. It's a wonderful book. At the end of the sabbatical, I spent some time doing some extra study in Proverbs. I want to tell you, it is fantastic. It's an amazing book, and I believe it's going to help us. Um, If you want to find out more about the structure of the book and the background of the book. You could just look in a a study Bible, NIV study Bible, the intro, it'll give you all of that. The one thing I want us to know right now is that its principal human contributor is Solomon, not the only, but the principal one. And what we get is a download of Solomon's wisdom at his height before he fell, recorded for us. How many like to learn under the anointing of the Spirit from the wisest man of his day? And then second thing to notice is that when you read the book of Proverbs, strictly speaking, the actual Proverbs themselves don't start until chapter 10. If those of you who have been reading your Bibles for years, you probably noticed that. In fact, after a brief introduction, chapters 1 through 9 are not written as short, pithy sayings. They're written more as poems or lectures. 
In fact, good bit of homework this week. Why not in one sitting read Proverbs 1 to 9? And what Proverbs 1 to 9 is doing, it's preparing our hearts, telling us how important wisdom is and how you can get it. Think about that. If God spends nine chapters under, under scriptural authority telling us how important wisdom is, how we can get it, guess what? It's important. And then the Proverbs themselves... The, 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 the wise, pithy, short, punchy sayings actually start in chapter 10 and go through till the end of chapter 31. All of that's to say this. Proverbs contains dynamite wisdom for your life. And so let's just pause a moment. What is a proverb? Well, let me see if you can recognize some of these Proverbs. In fact, we're going to have a Kingsgate quiz. Cambridge, Leicester, you can join in here. I'm going to say a proverb, and you've got to shout out whether you think it's in the Bible. So just shout out Bible. If it's not in the Bible, just go no. Can you might even be able to finish the last word. So, two wrongs don't make a Bible or not. No man is an Bible or not. Two are better than one. Yeah, come on. This is amazing. The pen is mightier than the Bible or not? Not sure. <laughs> I heard a Bible over there. No, it's not in the Bible. A dog returns to its vomit. Oh, yeah, I haven't finished yet. You obviously like that one. So a fool, here's the punchline, repeats his folly. When in Rome, do as the... It's got to be in the Bible, isn't it? No, of course it's not in the Bible. Better late than... But I thought of a new Kingsgate proverb that I want us to all learn. Are you ready for this? Early is better than late. Can we say that together? Early is better than late. Sunday morning, write it out. Early is better. Anyway, moving on. Next one. A picture is worth a... Not in the Bible. Death and life are in the power of the Bible. Now, the fact that we know them, the fact that we can remember them, doesn't that immediately tell you something about the dynamism of Proverbs? It's not telling us every exceptional circumstance. It's, it's giving us the pointer on these things are generally true in life. And he's saying it in a memorable way, a pithy way, sometimes a humorous way, so that we can remember it. And the great news, over the next seven weeks, we're going to be looking at biblical proverbs, and we've got a great list of speakers coming up. Starting next week, Jeff Luke is going to be with us. Not once, but twice. Rachel Gardner from Romance Academy. Phil Pringle from C3 is coming back. We've got some great home team. It's going to be fantastic. And what they're going to look at is they're going to take key areas of our life, work, finance, relationships, friendships, how we speak, and they're going to unpack what does Proverbs teach us about growing in wisdom. Today, in this first intro series between now and uh, tonight, I'm going to be unpacking, no, I'm going to introduce... The simple concept of the importance of wisdom, and I want to start by saying that we can all grow in wisdom, and we all need to grow in wisdom, we can all learn. Can I say, if you say, well, I'm pretty, 
I'm like a fool in my ways. Guess what? You can become wise. If you've been on the journey of life for years and say, you know, I've learned a whole bunch of stuff. Anyone agree you can still grow in wisdom? If you don't believe that, there's a great little verse about Jesus. Fast forward to Jesus as a young man. It says, uh, sorry, as a young person, it says, and Jesus, what's the first thing he grew in? Grew in? Jesus as a man, this is incredible. First thing it says about he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And so I want to take the acrostic learn. L-E, get it right, A-R-N, learn five simple things that you and I can grow in wisdom or learn wisdom. Are you ready? The L, if we want to grow with wisdom, is love it. Can we say it together? Love it. Now, I don't know about you, but as I grew up, I loved lots of things, but wisdom wasn't one of them. Now, part of it is as a child, I loved football, I loved adventure. More seriously, when I got into my teens, I seemed to love every way that was the opposite of, of wisdom. I won't go into the gory details, just to say it wasn't good. And I seemed to gravitate towards folly. I seemed to attract other foolish people and together we kind of got into even greater foolish ways. And the age of 19, it wasn't just that I started to grow up. Because how do you know that you can have people who are mature adults and they've still never grown in wisdom? But as many of you knew, no, my life totally changed. When Jesus Christ, who is the source of all wisdom, saved me, cleansed me, set me free, forgave me of all my folly. But he did more than that. He came into my life and he gave me new desires to please him and honor him. And from loving folly, I can honestly say overnight, my desire changed and I started to love God's ways and God's wisdom. That didn't mean I became wise overnight. But how do you know it's a starting point if you love wisdom? And then I married a very wise lady called Karen, who's been a great source of wisdom in my life. And over the years, in our married life, individually and together, we've come to many kind of crossroads in our marriage, in our family, in our finances, in life, in ministry. And we've had to make choices at those crossroads. Are we going to go the way of short-term self-gratification, go the easy way out, that the Bible actually says is folly, or are we going to go the way of wisdom? And sometimes we've had to make choices, and sometimes immediately those wisdom choices paid off like that. But do you know that wisdom is not just an automatic slot machine thing? It doesn't mean that every time you make the right choice, everything's going to immediately turn out right, but it's saying that in the long run, Going God's way and following the path of wisdom, you look back and you think, I'm so glad. By the grace of God, we've increasingly walked in wisdom. And I come here as a learner. I'm a lifelong learner. And I come to this series having studied again the book of Proverbs and had a fresh love for wisdom. And I want you to join me. Church, let's, wherever we're at, say, it's going to pay to go the wisdom way. Let's love wisdom. Let's love wisdom. Let's make it our determination this summer. And if you look through particularly the, the first nine chapters, these kind of set-up chapters, there are so many examples where um, the writer is actually extolling the virtues of wisdom. I'm just going to pick one for the sake of time. 
uh, Proverbs 3, 13 to 18. It starts, this little poem, this little wisdom poem, starts and finishes with the word blessed. It's what they call an inclusio. It means, but in, in this poem, you're going to find out what the blessed life looks like. How many of you want your life to be blessed? Easy question, right? But notice how, how, how you, what the base of the blessed life. Blessed is the man, or you could say, or the woman, who? Oh, there we have it, finds wisdom. The man or woman who gains? For she, and that's wisdom, is, this is stunning, more profitable than silver, yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Do you believe this statement coming up? Nothing you desire can compare with her. Wow. And then he continues and talks about the benefits of wisdom. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. Now, how do you want long life, honor, blessing, favor, success in your life? Again, not a hard question. And then it's almost like the punchline. I love this. She is a tree of life to all those who embrace her. Imagine a tree, and you said, if I could get that tree, and that tree was to represent my life, and as a result of getting that tree, all these other fruit of God's blessing would show up in my life. Can you see why we need to prioritize wisdom rather than the fruit of wisdom? That's what Solomon did. And then it says, those who lay hold of her will be blessed. Do you see that's about loving her? What do you love in life? Do you love wisdom? That's the first thing. We've got to love wisdom. And it finishes in Proverbs 8 verse 17. There's a simple promise. I love those who love me, wisdom says, and those who seek me, find me. Will you join with me this summer and say in a new way, I'm going to love wisdom? That was a question. You're going to join with me? Let's make a decision. We're going to embrace wisdom in our lives. Secondly, so love it. Secondly, let's get practical. Eat it. Say eat it. it. Now, you probably heard this phrase. It's almost a little proverb, isn't it? You are what you eat. Is that true? But what's true in the physical is also true in the spiritual. What we feed our hearts and minds on will make a huge difference in who we become and how we live. Would you agree with me? So let's, let's just kind of open this up. I trust you wouldn't intentionally eat food, physical food, that was poisonous or contaminated. Would you? I wouldn't. Why then sometimes... Do we feed our hearts and minds on mental stuff and spiritual stuff that's poisonous or contaminated and think it won't harm us? There's certain websites you can go to. If you keep feeding on that stuff, spiritually it will kill you. Mentally it will mess you up. So that's poisonous food. But most of us hopefully saying, well, I, I wouldn't touch that stuff. If you have done, you are. Get out. Get some help. Get off it in Jesus' name. But then what about junk food? You know, you can eat stuff. 
in the natural, you know, having the odd Mackie D, I haven't had one for years, won't kill you. But guess what happens? I'm just using that as one example. Having the odd dairy milk won't kill you. But have you noticed, and it's the way they load them, the more you eat them, the more you get an appetite for them. You think, I'd better have me another one of those. I mean, I'm like that with crisps. Kettle chips. Has anybody got the, I haven't got the self-control to have just one? It's like... It's the way it's designed to do. Now, if you keep on eating junk food, and only junk food, it is going to mess your health up long term. But in the context of what I'm talking about, and by the way, this is not a dietary lesson. This is a wisdom lesson. I'm getting somewhere. But the point about junk food is actually it fills you up. So that you don't have an appetite for nutritious food. So let's, let's see, you know, you have a massive takeaway, fill yourself with crisps and chips and everything else and cake and whatever. You don't think, oh, give me some broccoli. <laughs> you don't, do you? Maybe out of guilt you will. <laughs> Let me steam me some broccoli. <laughs> because we're filling ourselves up with the wrong thing. So what's the point of all of this? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? Let's not fill our minds with contaminated stuff. But I think for many of us, maybe the issue is not contaminated food. It's just we're filling our minds and hearts, just going about daily life, just getting a bit too addicted on social media, just watching a bit too much of that telly stuff, just reading too much of what's going on around and allowing that stuff to so crowd out and fill up our hearts and minds that we've got no appetite for wisdom food. Might as well start the beginning, clearing some stuff out. Because otherwise, when I come to what I'm about to tell you, you won't have any room left. So we've got to get rid of some stuff in order to make room for wisdom food that is truly nutritious. You say, why would I want to do that? Well, is wisdom that important? In Proverbs 9... Uh, you've had the whole eight chapters, and then almost kind of like in a summary, chapter nine, it presents wisdom and folly as two women. So let's call her Lady Wisdom and Madam Folly. You'll be pleased to know most of the verses are about Lady Wisdom. And all the women said, anyway. So. But it starts off with this picture of wisdom, like folly, calling out. You know, wisdom has a voice. It's calling out. Right now, Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, is calling out to us. And it, and it talks about here, wisdom, this lady wisdom, has built her house. She's got a house. She's prepared her food or her meat. She set her table. She sent out her maids and then caused, let all who are simple. Now, the word simple there, it doesn't mean what it does in, in our English. It just means those of you who are open-minded and don't know what to do. You don't know what's right or wrong. He's saying, if you don't know fully what's right and wrong, wisdom is calling, saying, come in here. She says to those who lack judgment, come, what? Eat my 
food. Come and eat wisdom food. And then later on in the chapter, very briefly, we have this other woman called Folly calling out. Do you know all around us there's a voice of Folly calling us to come and eat her food? It talks about food eaten in secret that would taste delicious. It will gratify us initially. It will gratify the desires of the flesh, but it says ultimately it will lead to death. But let's assume we want to come to wisdom's table. How many want to come to wisdom's table? What is wisdom food? Well, what Proverbs is saying here is that wisdom food is found by listening to the wisdom that's found in the book of Proverbs. That's what it's saying. God's word, Jesus in his ministry talked about, man shall not live on, every, on bread alone, but on every word. And he's just been quoting the Old Testament. In that context, it was Deuteronomy. If you and I want to grow in wisdom, hear me. It's really practical. Fill your mind with garbage. Garbage will begin to mess with you. Fill your mind on wisdom food that comes from the word of God and you will start to grow in wisdom. So, practically, how does this apply? Well, let me just say, big encouragement. All of you who are doing your Bible in a year, you're still going in July. Fantastic, keep going. If you stop, get back into daily devotions, because I said at the intro, the whole of the Bible is a wisdom book, and it'll help you. Or whatever devotional pattern you're in, keep going with it. Now, for those of you in a Bible reading plan, you'll know that some Bible reading plans... They'll do Old Testament, New Testament. Have you noticed then they'll pick maybe either Psalm or some Proverbs? So you get Proverbs some days. Others, like the one-year Bible, actually has a Proverbs every day. So what I'm saying is I'm not saying don't read the New Testament right now. My main meditation, I'm in the Gospels with Jesus, and I'm not going to stop that. But if we're going into a summer of wisdom, I want to encourage us to specifically increase our wisdom intake. And so what we're going to do, obviously we've got the teachings over the summer. If you miss one, then you know, listen online. Try not to miss one. Come hungry and expectant to learn from the Lord. But what we want to do is very specific. I thought about this. I thought, how can we increase the, the Kingsgate wisdom diet? Well, we're going to tweet out message out, put on all our social media, a Proverbs a day for 50 days so that you and I can grow in wisdom. And, I, and as those, um, those Proverbs come, if you're not on any of our social media platforms, at the end of the sermon notes, you can, you can, you can register, get ready. And then you will find that we're going to give a verse or verses from Proverbs. It will include chapters 1 to 9 and then into the actual Proverbs. And what I want you to do is not just look at it and go, oh, that's nice. You know, like, oh, Man City have just paid and spent another 54 million for a player. How daft is that? I'm not talking you to take it just like that. I'm saying, this is wisdom food. 
I need to grow in wisdom. I'm going to take this proverb. I'm going to get it somewhere I can remember it throughout the day. I'm going to pause. I'm going to read it out loud several times. I'm going to ask questions of it. If I don't understand it, I'm going to go to my footnotes in my Bible, and I'm going to ponder on it so much that it gets into my mind and my heart, so it changes the way I think and the way I live, and it's going to affect me in the middle of difficult situations, not just on that day, but the Holy Spirit will be able to recall it sometime in 2018 or sometime in 2030, if we're still on this earth, amen, because when we feed on wisdom, it helps us and God can use it to change our lives. Will you join with me? Proverb a day for the next 50, I was going to say 50 years. Let's say this, love it, eat it. Number three, ask God for it. That's the A, ask God for it. That's what Solomon did, didn't he? He asked God and God gave it to him. Proverbs itself makes this great Encouragement, Proverbs 2.3, encourages us to call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding. When was the last time you went to God and you cried out for wisdom? Made it an earnest prayer. I know when many of us did that very recently. I'm so thrilled that on the recent Kingsgate three days of prayer and fasting across all our centers, we said, we are going to fast and pray and come before you, God, and we are going to ask you for wisdom. And guess what? That's a prayer God loves to answer. I'm super excited and expectant about this summer because we're not just going to teach on wisdom, but we spent a whole bunch of time asking God for wisdom. What's the promise? Verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Now, Great news is, we're in a better place here as New Testament Christians than Solomon was or the readers of the original book of Proverbs when it comes to asking for wisdom. Listen to me carefully. When Solomon asked God and God appeared to him, in one sense, we could say that God was external to him. How many know that God is in heaven? He's omnipresent, but he was, he was kind of external to Solomon. And then, of course, Solomon builds a temple, and God comes and fills the temple with his glory. But as many of you know from reading about our sabbatical, if you like, the, the bullseye, not new thought, but fresh revelation that came to me was the absolute wonder and the glory and the privilege that we have a better place as believers, because now... God is, he is in heaven, he is omnipresent, but he's no longer living in a physical temple, he has come to live in living stones and temples of you and me, and that means the God of all wisdom is not just out there in heaven, he's right here on the inside of me, and right there on the inside of you, and that means 24-7 in the toughest, most blessed difficult, wonderful circumstances. You don't have to just, as it were, shout out. You can draw on the wisdom that's within you. And I could preach weeks just on that one thought, but I've got to move on. But let me just say this. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul takes it a step further. So the presence of God that dwells in us. And then he says this, Christ, Jesus, would you agree that Jesus has all wisdom? Christ, where is Jesus? He's in heaven in his physical body. Where is he now by his spirit? In you. 
the hope of glory. When you're facing that tough situation at work, know that Jesus Christ himself is living in you. And then fast forward over to Colossians 2 verse 3. It talks about Jesus Christ and it talks about in whom, in him, in Jesus Christ, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Isn't that amazing? Guess where all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are? They're hidden in Christ. Where is Christ right now? Come on. So when we ask for wisdom, we are asking, Lord, upgrade me in general terms. We are asking, help me as I get in your written word so that I can understand the principles. But Lord, help me moment by moment. Guide me in specific areas of my life. How many of you recently, I just had one, I think it was Friday night, a word from God about something. How many know when God reveals things to you, he helps you locate where you're at. He helps you determine what you must do. He helps you make adjustments in your life. He reveals himself to you personally. How many know it's just like a game changer? But it requires us to have a humble attitude that says, I will ask. And what I'm finding is, the more I take time out in my day, I take little portions out to freshly listen, the more I can line up my life with the wisdom of the one who lives on the inside of me. Ask for it. So can we check we're together? Love it? Eat it? Ask for it? You say, what more have I got to do than that? Two more critical things. Number four is reach out for it. You've just said the wisdom's in you. Yeah, absolutely. But here's the thing. When I talk about reach out for it, I am mean ask and reach out to other people for wisdom. Listen to this little verse. Proverbs itself says this. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. may sound a contradiction. Some people think, well, if I'm wise, I don't need help. (laughs) But truly wise people know that they need help. Because, as Andrew said last week, just as transformation doesn't happen in isolation, so God has designed it. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. Christ himself lives in us. And yet he so designed it that you and I need other people if we're going to truly grow in wisdom. Why is that? The simplest way I can put it is this. Because we all have blind spots. And do you know the problem with a blind spot? You can't see it. Now, can I say we have blind spots and a blind spot doesn't mean it's just you can't see a negative. You maybe can't see a positive. Very often in my journey, other people have helped me see things I couldn't see about myself or about my calling. And they, they remove the blind spots to encourage me. How many of you had that happen to you? You can't see it, they can't. But also, in the context of loving, trusting relationships, I'm so glad I've got people in my life who love me enough that if I've got a character flaw that I can't see. How many know I'd rather, I mean, you know, my my wife's good at this. I'll I'll clarify. I mean, it was highly likely that I could have stood up here 
and preach to you with my trouser in my sock. <laughs> I do that all the time. She loves me enough to say, Dave, why are you going out of the house again with your trouser in your sock? <laughs> How many of you know, somebody's there and you know, you've just got a great big kind of bit of food hanging down there. That... How many know a good friend will tell you? You can't see it, they can. Get the point? We all need people to help us in life. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And I want to encourage you. Surround yourself with people who can help you grow in wisdom. In this summer season, whether you're, you know, right gathering in life groups as regular or not, get people alongside you. Don't get isolated this summer. Phone a friend. Say, let's talk about Proverbs together. Let's pray together. And don't just find people who agree with your foolish behavior. If you've got it, get people who are wiser than you in their life. I'm so glad I've got team around me. I'm so glad I've got people external to Kingsgate who actually help me grow. I don't know about you. I want to become a better person, a better man of God, a better husband, a better father, a better leader, a more anointed preacher, and I need other people to help me grow. That's, that's the determination of my life. So I'm all out hunting for good advice. Reach out for it. And you can say, well, what's left? Here's a really profound end. Get ready for it. Stands for now do it. Got that? Now do it. In other words, our lives will change. Not when we come and listen to loads of great messages on Proverbs. Not when we just pick up the Proverbs every day. Not just when we ask advice. Let's not be people who are always learning but never changing. True change comes when we do what God is telling us to do. If we go right back to the beginning of Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 3, it says, their purpose, the purpose of the Proverbs, is to take, teach people to, notice the word live, not just know, to live. Discipline the successful lives and help them to do, say do, what is right, just, and fair. We will change, and as a result of our changes, other people will get blessed too. So let me just, as I close, ask you a question, even right now today. Not waiting for next week. Looking forward to Jeff on work. It's going to be great. Right now today, what do you need to do on the light of what I've taught you here today from the Word of God? What changes do you need to make and please don't wait till, well, I'll think about it. You'll be thinking about it till next March. What do you need to do to line up with the wisdom of God? Let's be really practical. How do you need to change your spiritual diet? Is the stuff you need to get rid of? Is the stuff you need to actually say, yep, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to revamp my devotions. I'm going to get in that Proverbs a day. This is how I'm going to apply it to my life. I might read the one to nine as in, in all one sitting this week. I'm going to increase my wisdom food. And then what would it look like for you to more humbly walk with God and listen to him so that you can ask for wisdom from the one who lives inside of you? Or who are the people that you can surround yourself with? Starting to, where, where can you draw with the wisdom that will protect you? Now do it. 
And here's the, here's the great news. Not only will your life start to get better, you'll become more disciplined. And as we see the specific areas, you'll learn how to be better in your work, in your finances, in your relationships. But the end result of Proverbs, hear me really clearly, is not just that we get blessed for us. Back to verse 3. The goal of the Proverbs was to teach the covenant community how to be wise in order to do what is right, just, and fair. How many think that your family will get blessed if you learn to do what is right and just and fair? How many think our community and our nation needs a church to rise up who learn to model God's ways, God's wisdom, and to do what is right and just and fair? And so this is going to overflow and bless many people in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of wisdom. We thank you, Lord, that as we've been asking for it, we believe we are receiving it. And we want to change and act accordingly. In Jesus' name, amen.